0: This is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I'm your host, Davey Crockett. Thanks. Thanks for coming. This is episode 31. I will tell the story of Johnny Solo, the greatest American Ultra Runner of the late 1920s, and also the story of the 1928 race across America. Johnny Sallow was perhaps the greatest American ultra-runner of the late 1920s. His career was cut short due to tragedy, but during the years 1928-1930, through 1930, there was no one better or faster. His story is a rags-to-riches tale as he sprang into the national scene practically overnight. He was the most popular and most successful runner in C.C. Pyle's historic transcontinental races of 1928 and 29. Today few know of the name of Johnny Salo of Passaic, New Jersey. His story needs to be told. In telling his story, I will also tell the story of the very famous races across America that were nicknamed the Bunyan Derbies from the perspective of following Johnny Salo. Johnny Salo was born May 25, 1893 in Finland. Johnny became a sailor during his teen years. He first visited America in 1908 at the age of 15, loved the country and felt the desire to someday live there and leave his homeland that at that time was under Russian control. Running was part of the lives of many Finns. At the age of 16, Salo was said to be Finland's top amateur cross-country runner. In 1911, at the age of 18, he immigrated to the United States and settled in New York City. As World War I broke out, he entered the service along with about 500,000 other immigrants with the hope of receiving citizenship later. Johnny joined the Merchant Marines and served a three year tour of duty based out of New York City. During the war, he made 10 trips on convoys across the dangerous waters of the Atlantic that was infested by submarines. In 1917, in Brooklyn, he was injured in a scary trolley crash. The car carrying about 50 people was being pulled up a hill on 39th Street in Brooklyn when the coupling broke and it slid down the grade. The motorman tried fruitlessly to reverse power and then leaped into the street. The trolley car crashed into a car with passengers. Solo along with 19 others were injured and treated. He had poor luck living in the city. One day, he was assaulted as he was coming upstairs out of a subway. Ugh. About 1917, Salo married Amelia, also from Finland. They soon had a son and a daughter. World War I ended in 1918, but Salo continued to work on ships. In August 1919, Salo was on an American steamer, Inglewood, with 47 seamen bound for Rotterdam, as it was in the North Sea. It struck a mine. They radioed for help, and tugs came in time for the rescue, and the ship did not sink. In 1922, Salo was finally granted U.S. citizenship, and about 1925, the Salo family moved to Passaic, New Jersey, where he had relatives living. All his life, Johnny wanted to be a great runner like the other illustrious Finns of the time. Even though Salo spent much of his life on ships, he trained on the decks, frequently doing 12-mile runs. He sprinted around
1: the deck until he was dizzy, running in a circle. His shipmates kidded him, good-naturedly,
0: but he didn't mind. He kept in condition. In 1925, Salo started to compete in long-distance events shorter than a marathon. In May, he raced a 12.5-mile race on the hottest day of the year in New York City. He finished in the top five of his Finnish-American running club, helping them win the team gold. Much more will be heard
1: from Mr. Solo in the future, as he is making an effort to become one of the leading marathoners of the country, and it would not be surprising to see him listed among the
0: leaders in future races. Solo started to run marathons in about 1926, and did very well in many, including the Boston Marathon. In 1928, Solo left his home in Passaic, New Jersey with a little money in his pocket to chase a dream. Charles C. Pyle organized a race across America from Los Angeles to New York that was nicknamed the Bunyan Derby. Runners would race a stage each day and then stop for the night.
2: It was the biggest sporting event of its time. A 1928 cross-country race. The race was meant to promote the newly established Route 66, which had been cobbled together out of dirt roads and paved highways. The Route 66 Association hoped to encourage Americans to take long-distance road trips on the new Main Street of America, and so enlisted C.C. Pyle to create a grand promotional event. The route of the Bunyan Derby, as the newspapers had dubbed it, stretched from Los Angeles Ascot Park to the Windy City of Chicago. The runners would continue on to New York City via several different highways and end the race in New York City's Madison Square Garden.
0: Miles said his race would be, quote, the greatest sporting event in history. Many were critical of the race, and a doctor predicted that five to ten years would be shaved off the runners' lives. Another man, hearing the runners would be checked out by doctors before the race, commented,
1: Well, if a man enters a 3,000 mile foot race, the first thing to be examined is his head.
0: The race would generally follow what became known as Route 66, which was still largely unpaved, so it was mostly a trail run. The exact course and daily control points would be made up as the race was underway in order for Pyle to find the towns that would pay him to stop there and allow him to put on his evening sideshows. Salo's talent as a runner was unknown even in his New Jersey hometown, but the famed Finn trainer, Hugo Quist, recognized his running talent, and managed to get Salo an invite to the race. Salo was determined to run in the historic race, believed that he would win, and trained hard for a month. He ran an hour and a half each day on steel decks of a shipping steamer.
1: Being a merchant marine, Salo trained on nothing else but beef stew and Yankee hash.
0: He was described as being
1: solid bone and muscle.
0: He attempted to raise money from some local Passaic citizens, but did not have much success, having only lived there a few years. He depleted all his savings, cashed in his insurance, found every cent possible, and his wife went to work. He was betting everything on winning and did obtain enough money to pay the required $150 entrance fee and buy six pair of shoes for $96. Salo went out to California in an auto with a friend, traveling over the route that would be run to size up the situation. He arrived nine days before the race. Arthur G. McMahon of the Passaic Daily News wrote,
1: There were no bands and handshakes as Salo departed from Passaic, except for his family and a few YMCA
0: trackmen. Few knew he was going. Salo and the other runners camped out near the start for days, getting training and waiting for the race to begin. Pyle charged the runners to sleep in tents and to eat meals. On March 4, 1928, 199 runners gathered on a muddy track, and Pyle organized everyone into rows of 20, separating the men as much as possible into groups of nationality. There were 24 countries represented, and many athletes were adorned in colorful uniforms and carried flags representing their respective nations. At three oh four PM, Red Grange, the galloping ghost of football fame, lit what reporters described as a quote starter bomb. It exploded with a deafening bang and the spectators in the stands started cheering and shouting. Hundreds of thousands of spectators in Los Angeles lined the roads. After each stage during the evenings, the race staff provided a carnival for each town they stopped in but the runners and others spent their time eating and sleeping unless they were asked to appear.
2: The runners encountered plenty of obstacles, including running on unpaved roads, accidental injuries by motorists, subpar meals and sleeping conditions, and changing weather. After a particularly grueling hot day of running, nearly 60 miles through the Mojave Desert on day eight, only 130 racers remained.
0: It took two weeks for Salo's hometown newspaper to notice that he was in the race and doing well, placing high in the stages in Arizona. Not knowing who he was, the Passaic New Jersey newspaper first referred to him as a youngster and a lad, but he was 34 years old. One columnist wrote, I, for one,
1: did not know this youngster was in this race. Let someone keep in touch with Johnny Solo, find out his condition, whether or not he is in need, and then let's do something to keep him in the race. I, for one, would like to know just who he is, where his home is, and anything else that anybody may know about him. For he is a credit to Passaic and showing great pluck in starting such a long, grueling race, even if he doesn't finish.
0: On day 12, Salo climbed into 13th place, about nearly 400 miles. The race was led by world-class ultra runner Arthur Newton, a Brit representing Rhodesia, South Africa. He had a seven-hour lead. Andy Payne of Oklahoma was in second place. At Winslow, Arizona, Salo climbed into sixth place, but more than 20 hours behind the leader, Newton. Salo wrote to his hometown American Legion members and let them know that he had already worn out four pair of shoes. If he couldn't find more funds, he would soon be forced to drop out of the race. He also mentioned that he had no trainer along to give him daily rubdowns.
3: The other runners had trainers and were receiving all kinds of attention.
0: By day 18, Salo's local American Legion stepped up to the plate to try to help, establishing a funding campaign. Within a day, donations started to come in, and word was quickly sent to Salo to keep plugging that help was on the way. By Holbrook, Arizona, fellow Finn American Arnie Suminen had taken the overall lead. Newton had dropped out due to injury and Payne was suffering from tonsillitis in second place. Sala was in sixth, about 10 hours behind. By the time the runners reached New Mexico, about 700 miles, only 96 out of the 199 starters were in the race. Salo was in fifth place. A total of $72 had been raised by the American Legion from Passaic and plans were being put in place together to hold charity events such as a boxing show and baseball games to help with the cause. Salo reached Albuquerque, New Mexico with about four cents in his pocket. While the other runners were getting great treatment, he had no dry clothes when he finished after a rainy day. The runners entered Texas on day 35 They had run more than 1,100 miles. Salo placed a strong second in a 37-mile leg to Amarillo, Texas, in the snow and rain. The next day, he finished second and climbed into fourth place overall. Back home in New Jersey, the news was critical of the slowness of the citizens to get behind Salo. Now they expand their chests and point out to
1: Uncle Louie and Aunt Jane visiting from Brooklyn. See what we turn out here in the Pesach.
0: Salah mentioned that most of the runners had teamed up with other runners to jog along with, but he always ran alone. He did his best when out on the highways without other runners near him. He, as well as many other runners, were scarred and blistered from sunburn on the right side of their bodies after running across the desert. Entering Oklahoma, Suminen pulled a tendon and soon he lost his overall lead to pain. While in Oklahoma, disaster struck Solo. For a week, he had stomach issues, which he said was dysentery. Since Solo didn't have a trainer driving along, he drank straight from streams and likely caught Giardia. It cost him many hours, including 14 hours on one day. Solo said that he couldn't sleep or truly eat for a week. During this low time, he went three weeks without a bath and he said,
3: Many a night, I crawled under my blankets at the end of the day's run and stayed there too tired to get up for supper.
0: After more than 1,400 miles at Bridgeport, Oklahoma, with about 70 runners still in the race, Salo had held on to third place, but still struggling 20 hours behind the leader Payne, and losing more time each day. Before leaving Oklahoma, fellow Finn, Sumanen, dropped out when asked who he thought would win, he picked Sallow. His reasoning was,
3: Sallow is probably more accustomed to running on pavement than any of the men now in the race. He will make good time and should stand the strain of the hard road grind coming up ahead. As for the rain, the more it rains, the better Sallow likes it. He's a genuine mud horse.
0: When Sallow entered Missouri, He was about 32 hours behind pain, but had finally fully recovered. A few days later, he demonstrated his skill running in rain and mud, finishing second in a 44-mile run. His speed had returned, and he covered a 45.6-mile stage in 7.07. As Solo reached the pavement on day 58 at Springfield, Missouri, he won a 26-mile stage in an amazing fast 3.01. The wins that started to come were impressive, but everyone wondered if he could make up all the lost time from Oklahoma before the finish at Madison Square Garden in New York. Solo won the very public 42 mile stage to Chicago and was cheered by 100,000 fans along the road. He had gained two hours in two days. A reporter from his hometown interviewed Solo.
1: Salo is very sure that if all goes well, his chances for overtaking the leaders are very good. He is very brown looking, almost like an Indian, and seemed to be in superb physical condition. In conversation, Salo is very modest and talks with reluctance about himself. He does not seem to think that he is doing a really big thing, but his performance today has put his name before everyone in Chicago.
0: After this significant win in Chicago, Salo's Passaic hometown was put on the map. Local columnists were highly critical of its citizens.
1: Salo is advertising Passaic, and Passaic isn't appreciating it. He needs funds to carry on. He needs encouragement in some form or another. But Passaic is patting itself on the back at the success and doing nothing about it.
0: The criticism worked, and Passaic started to better respond. The mayor and the city commissioner issued a resolution of support, and $136 was raised by the next day. Salo finally found a competent trainer to help crew him, but had no car. His trainer would have to get rides from place to place. It was reported
1: Solo claims that trainers of other runners would ride along slowly along the side of him and pour water out on the ground in front of him, trying trickery in every way to affect his brain and discourage
0: him. He wished for a tough American Legion man to come out and protect him. In Ohio, Gavuzi, the race leader, was suffering terribly from five infected teeth and soon had to drop out. Solo moved into second place. He was gaining time, but still 24 hours behind pain. Salo got word that his hometown was getting behind him, and he vowed to give all that he had to push on at his sensational pace. He said,
3: You don't know how grateful I am to the daily news of Passaic for planning to send me an automobile. I have a trainer, but he has to depend on outsiders to give him a lift from town to town, and I ate very little.
0: After driving day and night without stopping except to eat and refuel, the car from Passaic was delivered to Salo's new capable trainer. When Salo saw the New Jersey license plates, he was thrilled. Others arrived from Passaic, joining his caravan, including an American Legion bodyguard. Too bad this great help arrived so late. There were only 12 days left in the race. He was still 22 hours behind. His new friends from home observed that others were jealous of Salo's ability and tried to hurt his chances to win.
1: Every night he is forced to appear in Pyle's sideshow at 9 p.m., getting from bed to appear, and sometimes not getting back until midnight. At the start, they always see if there was something they can find fault about him. It has come to the stage where Johnny is afraid to take a drink from anyone but his trainer or those in the trainer's party.
0: But Sala was very popular among the fans, and Pyle went out of his way to help him. Pyle even planned to modify the course so it'd go through Passaic. Thousands of Finns, residing in Ohio along Lake Erie, came out to cheer.
1: It is a holiday every time the caravan of humans moves through a town. Flags are displayed. School is let out, and restaurants and hotels raise their prices. Thousands lined the streets, cheering wildly.
0: It was observed...
1: Johnny is easily the best of the lot. He runs without effort, not in a plodding style, and at the end is not winded. Whenever he goes thousands turn out to greet him, admirers by the hundreds ask for his autograph. He has an appetite like a wolf, and at night eats as much as three ordinary men. The food is mostly raw, such as hamburgers, and builds his body up. He also takes a few bottles of beer with salt in them. Along the road, he is given lemonade, fresh water, plain soda, soup, chocolate bars, and uncooked eggs.
0: Even though the hills were drawing near, which Solo did well in, reality was setting in that it was almost a hopeless task to overtake Payne's huge lead. He could gain an hour each day and still finish in second place. On May 17th, the runners entered New York State. If pain could avoid injury, Solo wouldn't make up 20 hours with 400 miles to go. Solo still held on to hope and said,
3: "'First place is my fondest hope. I have a wife and two children. My wife was working to keep things going while I have been running so that we could have a better future than the hard sledding of the past. I may have to be content with second place.'"
0: Still, second place, winning $10,000, would be significant financially rewarding. Saddle gained on Payne in central New York, but still about 18 hours behind overall. He said,
3: Payne is way up in the lead, and it's almost impossible to catch. I'm going to try it. Anything can happen in this race, and I'm going to be prepared for it when something does happen.
0: Payne said, I'm not taking any chances. I have a good lead and I'm going to keep it. One person observed about Salo.
1: He is the best runner in the race. If he had the help he has now, at the start, an airplane couldn't catch him.
0: Salo won a very long stage of 74.6 miles, covering it in a stunning 12 hours, 13 minutes, lowering the lead to 16 hours. However, the next day, he severely twisted his ankle, a big concern for this happening so close to the finish. On May 25th, 1928, on Johnny Solo's 35th birthday, he ran into his home city of Passaic, New Jersey, amid the din of mill whistles, auto horns, sirens, and the cheers of thousands who had waited patiently for hours. Thousands of Welcome Home Johnny Solo" posters were placed on store windows and poles along the route. Half-school days were declared in the public schools. Most working men and women took the day off.
1: All eyes were on Sallow when he came marching down Lexington Avenue at a good clip. Whistles blew, automobiles horn shrieked, and great crowds cheered Sallow all along the line.
0: He ran into the stadium for the day's finish and was followed by thousands. After Sallow finished for the day, he was presented with a certificate of appointment to the Passaic Police Department in front of 4,000 cheering fans. It wasn't just honorary, he was truly being hired. A city leader said,
1: This is the least we can do for Johnny Solo, for a boy who has done more in the way of advertising the city than any other individual in a long time.
0: The reserve Solo stepped up to the microphone, which was also broadcast over the national radio, and said,
3: this is the greatest and happiest birthday in my life. It almost makes me cry to see and hear what the people of Passaic are doing for me.
0: One trainer said,
1: Your own boy, John Solo, during the last 900 miles of the race, showed he is probably the greatest living runner today.
0: The next afternoon, May 26th, 1928, the runners lined up in the afternoon for the last leg of the journey. More than 1,000 people on foot and in cars were at the start. A crowd of about 10,000 people were outside Madison Square Garden cheering as Solo entered the arena in the evening, where a disappointing small crowd of less than 2,000 people cheered the runners on inside the arena that could seat 12,000. The runners had to reach the finish by running 200 laps. The larger crowd outside didn't want to pay the 25 cents to come in. Salo demonstrated to all that he was one of the sturdiest runners in the world. He ran hard and covered 100 laps while Payne covered 50. A New York columnist, who called the finish lunacy at the garden, commented on the funny arm motion of Johnny Salo, who seemed to waddle around he also was surprised to see the runner stop to buy soda pop from a vendor at one end of the garden because he knew that it was quote the worst thing that a runner could possibly do with three laps to go solo cut loose in a sprint which caused the small crowd to go wild he won the final stage escorted by new jersey police and came in second place overall photographers and reporters were eager for his attention A total of 55 runners finished 3,423.5 miles in 84 days. Andy Payne was the overall winner, and the next day went to Washington, D.C., where he was congratulated by President Calvin Coolidge. He soon gave up running. Two days after finishing, Passaic's new hero was honored at a banquet at the Elks' home. He walked to the banquet followed by a huge crowd.
1: No longer was it a determined Solo with part of the long grind before him, but a broad, smiling, embarrassed, and healthy Solo who had won many honors and had a big future before him. Solo said,
3: I can't say much the way I feel now, but I do want to thank all of you. I try to do my best for the city of Pesach and my family.
0: Just a week later, many of the pile runners participated in a 24-hour relay race at Madison Square Garden. Solo was teamed up with the one-armed runner, Roy McMarty. They finished in fourth with 162 miles. While there, he also finally received his $10,000 check. On June 27, 1928, he made his first appearance in his police uniform. His influence on the youngsters in the city was impressive.
1: Every kid knee-high to a grasshopper is preparing to win one of the modified marathons that will be conducted on the 4th of July. And the older boys are working up steam for the good long grind from Spring Valley to Clifton on
0: the same day. He used the prize money to buy a home for his family and settle down to walk a police beat.
1: For Johnny, dreams did come true. He had become the
3: flying cop from Passaic, a local hero.
0: About two months later, Salo was interviewed and asked how he felt.
3: My legs are fine, but I haven't felt right since the race finished. I always want to rest, and every time I sit down, I want to go to sleep.
1: However, Salo takes a long run two or three days a week, and his time compares favorably with the time last year before he started the cross-country grind.
0: In March 1929, Solo announced his intention to get a leave from the police to run again in the Bunyan Derby that would this time go from New York to Los Angeles against the wind. An editorial in his hometown newspaper thought the idea was terrible.
1: For a long time after his return, he was not altogether a well man. Solo shouldn't think of going into another nerve wracking, body-breaking test of endurance. For his own sake and his family's, he should be dissuaded from making this next race. His sturdy physique, weakened by the last effort, could be shattered in the next.
0: Stay tuned for the rest of the story of Johnny Salo's 1929 Bunion Derby Run. With that, this is Davy Crockett, and this is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I hope you run fast and far, enjoy life, get outdoors, and most of all, stay safe and don't take unnecessary chances.